0: And welcome back to the Chronicles of the Depressing Flyers with your host, your uh yours truly, Mike Whitmer, and of course me, as always, to resume Jeffrey Quake. And in today's episode, what the hell is going on with our beloved flyers? And for that, I will turn things over to our friend Jeffrey. Oh, okay. It's like it, the best way to describe it, it is it, it, sadness. Oh, this utter Sadness and stuff I've never thought of or felt watching Flyers games before. Uh, but and but more seriously though, <laughs> welcome back another under not under Shavers. uh more quick podcast. Obviously, uh, we'll get to the sad Flyers later in a little bit. But uh, we're going to start off how we usually do with the uh, checking around the league stuff like that. Um, do you have a stat head up just? Those the games last I night, I do. Or okay, I do. Wasn't sure if you really did it again.
1: Okay, first of all, I did, but this time I actually found it right away. Because I, to be fair, I never knew when we're podcasting, but I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. It just, it just comes to the natural. I'm like, oh, it's a while until we podcast. And delete. I'm like, oh right, I actually needed that one. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, uh, yesterday's top performers. years, you, you have a a lot of good players who uh, put some serious points. Matthew Kachuk, I know he's not your favorite. He put up a goal at two assists last night, including a beautiful between-the-legs goal. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's becoming his, his typical move, which is pretty cool. Um, Alex Dobrynka, he put up three points. Um, and, and a goal and two assists. Jason Robertson, an outstanding rookie from last year. He put up two goals last night. Um, the highlight of the night, though, Mikhail Backlund, one goal, three assists for Calgary. Uh, so for four points, and only in four shots on goal, uh, just under eighteen minutes of ice time. Uh, goal wise, Mark Andre Fleury, unbelievable, forty saves of forty-one shots, 0.976 save percentage. Jacob Markstrom got the shutout and only took him twenty-eight saves in their win there, and then. Um, Arizona, uh, Vimelka uh, two goals allowed, 34 saves on 36 uh, shot attempts, .944 save percentage in their victory there. Yesterday scores, you had a very high-scoring affair in every single one. Win or lose, uh, 6-0 Calgary against Vegas. Calgary improves at 24-13 and 6. Again, Backlund uh, with the 4-point night there. Johnny Hockey, Elias Lindholm on uh, Andrew. Uh Giovanni uh and Matthew chuckoff scoring there. Dallas, four to three against Nashville. Uh Robert in the way with two goals there. Uh Chicago downing the Edmonton Oilers. Chicago is now 17-23 and seven. Uh Leon Dry settled a lone goal for the Oilers. Uh Detroit topping Philadelphia six to three for their first win in, in Philadelphia in regulation. Or sorry, during the um uh, regular season since 1997. So, huge win for we Detroit did it, boys. There. We did it. Yeah, Detroit is now 21, 21, and six. Um, Arizona, five and 2 uh, sorry, five to two. Uh, their 12th win of the season, so not too far off there. <laughs> um, Phil Kessel and Nick Schmaltz, Andre, or um, Anton Stroman, Gal Chang, I scoring. Seattle drops now to 15, 28 and four. Former Flyers head coach Dave Haxtel. He's having a pretty brutal season, but guess what? Oh. Spoiler alert, that shouldn't be too surprising. He's not an NHL coach. We could have told you that.
0: I uh, didn't tell you that. Many yeah, we you that. We tried. We uh,
1: tried. The Islanders uh, approved, improved to 17 17 at six, six to three, topping Vancouver. Parisi's fourth of the year, Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, Casey Zizekas, Matt Martin, of all people. And then uh, Matt Barzell scored as well.
0: Yeah, uh, good for them. Just a little look around the league standings wise. um, Starting off in the East in the Metro, top three, we've got Carolina uh, still holding strong uh, with 65 points, 33, 10, and three, uh, followed by the Rangers with 30, 13, and four, and Pittsburgh 28, 11, and eight, both tied points wise with 64. And the Atlantic maybe to some surprise to some surprises, people who don't follow hockey that much, uh, but know that Tampa Bay is good uh, or if not expecting Boston or Tampa or something like that in the top of the Atlantic, but Florida still remains up top there with 69 points, 32, 10 and five followed by Tampa 30, 10 and six and Toronto third, 30, 10 and three, 66 points for Tampa and 63 points for Toronto. I think that's probably where if I had to guess in some short, those are probably going to be the three teams that probably at the end of the season are there for the Atlantic. And the West now going to, into the central uh, I don't think this is any surprise whatsoever, but Colorado leads it uh, with 30. Here's what I found. Oh dear. Uh, My watch is listening to what I'm saying. Uh, but anyways
1: that's the first
0: <laughs> i know right um, but <laughs> colorado is still leading in the central with 68 points 32 8 and 4 followed by my what surprises to me is nashville with 60 points 28 15 and 4 yeah, and Nashville in the way with 59 points in third with 28 11 3 record and lastly in the pacific again i don't think there's much of a surprise but Vegas is leading in the Pacific with 59 points, 28, 17, and three, followed by the Kings with 55 points, 24, 16, and seven, and Anaheim third tied 15, 55 points, but 23, 16, and nine for their for wow. their, uh What records.
1: surprises me is both LA and Anaheim are neck and neck. They're tied second for the Pacific, and they're only four points behind Vegas. Mm-hmm. It's nuts because that's what... Again, having good young prospects does and that's why being patient helps, but I didn't not expect them to um
0: excuse yeah. me. Like if we're looking at if we're here. looking at the standings that are like the most surprising, I think obviously again, like I mentioned like a minute ago, I think to many who don't really pay attention that much of Florida are kind of surprised that is leading in the Atlantic right now.
1: I'm not. They are my favorite to win the division.
0: I've been on their bandwagon since for like two years now.
1: Dude, you've been on their bandwagon for like four years now. <laughs> it, it's okay. We, we know. We all know that they're secretly your favorite team instead of the Flyers. Now, mm-hmm.
0: uh, you, you obviously,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> obviously, Nashville, where I feel like we always kind of lately kind of put Nashville away, as they're just going to start rebuilding, doing all this, it's, and just like last it. year, Who where knows? they kind, kind of came out of nowhere and made it to the playoffs. Again, making a surprise to us. And again, I would love to do this again. We got Phil, uh, Pete Weber on last year, and I would love to give him back on just to get his kind of his perspective of the differences he's seen yeah. in the Preds and everything.
1: For sure. No, absolutely. And I think that's a great idea. Also, a very happy belated birthday to uh, Pete Weber. Um, it was yes. just his, his birthday the other day. So very happy birthday to you, Pete. Wish you all the best. Hope the season's going even better than already is. It just, it's Nashville's one of those teams where I actually, from what, you know, no offense to the Preds or anything, I had them ranked kind of low just because, I mean, look at their team. You know, like, the lost Cal Yarncroft in the uh, expansion draft. They traded Ryan Ellis. Yeah, they got Phil Myers back.
0: They traded and, uh, and Victor Robertson.
1: They traded Victor Robertson. They got Cody Glass back from the Nolan Patrick deal as well. But at the same time, it's just, these some some of these moves, it's like, that doesn't scream to me,
0: Hey, we're here to contend yeah. and win. It's just it's yeah. Because right now know. they they still got Deshane and um, Ryan yeah, Forsberg, Johnson, Ryan Johansson as well, and Phil uh, Forsberg. Yep, that's, yep. And I think obviously this you have one of the best defensemen in Roman U.S.C. Uh, you didn't lose as in that interview that we did or in our little talk we had with Pete. He thought that Ekholm would uh go over and he is still over there uh kicking uh doing really well and let's not forget also this i don't think he's played yet and in a couple years the one goalie they got i forgot what his name is but the russian goaltender
1: escarov um he he's and so i what i was kind of hoping was going to be the case it never happened unfortunately was he was going to get here and pick was going to help mentor him of course, that never obviously, happened. He, as yeah, obviously,
0: he retired. He retired. Yep.
1: Yeah, and so speaking of
0: retirements, he came back a little bit this season. And between the times we podcasted, but Tuka the Tuxters, has officially hung up the skates.
1: It was a nice run, it was long overdue. I don't
0: know, if but, long overdue, but I don't know. I thought right. he still had some left in him
1: but. well sorry i'm more meant like it, it was i it was, it was for me is a long way to like return to hopefully get back in action that, that that's, that's more so got what i meant definitely poorly phrased that but um unfortunately like mike just said tuker ask officially retires
0: or fortunately um, if you're a team that had the face them. this is true
1: now you know it's hard to believe uh for tuker so <laughs> Poor Toronto fans. He was a former first round pick by them in 05 over here. But um in the four games he played this year, he's tuned to with Boston, 4.28 goals against 8.844 save percentage, obviously the worst of his career.
0: Obviously, um other than he wasn't going to play that well anyway cuz he had so no. much time of just not playing, but obviously yeah. he was going to be a little rusty.
1: But looking at his entire career he had a two point two eight goals against average and a 0.921 save percentage mm-hmm. from two thousand seven two thousand eight when he first came into the NHL until this year, all with Boston. Yes, he took last year off. More than okay, of course. Um, you know, except but for hey, Boston
0: fans apparently,
1: except except for Boston fans. That that.
0: Who I think now crazy. I think they're going to do the same thing to Tuca, like a lot of people are going to do with. Brady in the sense that in a couple of years, you'll look back and be like, oh, he was a great player, but right now you just kind of hate him. You're kind of annoyed. You're kind of fatigued. But for Tuca, you're already annoyed for some reason about shit that happened like 12 years ago that you're still holding that over him his whole entire career. But when you look back to it in a couple of years, you're going to be like, he was actually a really good goalie. I miss him.
1: Not only that, but so looking at it, he's been uh, excluding this year because you can't really excluding this year and his quote unquote rookie year because he only played four games that year too. Other than that, he's been above nine. His worst season save percentage wise was a nine twelve, and that was in eighteen nineteen when he went twenty seven thirteen to five point nine twelve save percentage two point four eight goals against average. That's not bad at all. If that's his worst season you would ever get from Tuca Rask. That's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. But there's two in the last, I guess, calendar year, pretty much, because we, uh, Hank retired, yep. I think, like a year ago at this point. Yep. And now Tuka. And I think both. And
1: of them, also, of course,
0: Oh uh, Yes, wrote as well. I don't know if he will make it, but I'm almost confident Rask and the Tuksters will. Oh, and also Corey Crawford.
1: Oh yes, thank you. So I'll put it this way: <sighs> Henrik Lundqvist, absolutely. I, he he's he's got to. Uh, in, in my opinion, I think he's a Hall of Fame goalie. Now looking at it, and, and and it's I might have to j- just for comparison wise, just to make a proper argument. And that way it's – because I want to make sure that Lundqvist's stats have been career-wise better than Tuka's was. Um, Okay, so actually – wow. Tuka had a 2.28 goals against average. Hank, 2.43. So Tuka Rask had the better – so this is what's going to annoy me. So, because I saw a discussion earlier where someone said with Tukorovsk's stats, as great as he's been, he's not going to be a Hockey Hall of Fame goalie. But yet, on the other hand, Henrik Lundqvist will be. If you're looking at these stats, not only does Tukorovsk have a better goals it's against yours. average, he has a better save percentage in his career compared to Lundqvist. Sure, he doesn't have as many wins, but the stats are that so Tuka Rask, he was 165-66, and, and Lundqvist was 459 wins, 310 losses, 96 overtime losses. In 871 games started, 887 games played. Tuka, on the other hand, 544 game started 564 played in general during their you know during his career they're pretty close numbers for sure Lundqvist has appeared in more games and he has more wins but yet looking at closer numbers tukey actually has a better save percentage and goals against so if you cuz the main argument for why tukey shouldn't be it's not like that he shouldn't be it's just the people that I saw discussing were saying that um, there are better goalies than those guys that are that have, have been a much have a much more likely Hall of Fame case that even themselves are not in the hockey Hall of Fame, therefore they shouldn't be. Okay, I, I mean I get it, but it's like,
0: I mean, cool. No. It's not like they couldn't get in at any point, anyways.
1: You're not wrong. I I, I don't know. It's like compared to like baseball, for example, where you can only get voted. You only have X amount of years to get in, and after that, you're done. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the same for hockey.
0: I don't know, uh, but I put them both in. That's just my take. On I
1: I personally would, because um, you know, despite never, so Lundqvist has only been in one Sailing Cup final. Of course, he lost um, two. No. He'd been in. Tuka's been in two, if not three. He's been 2013 and then 2019, so he's over two.
0: Was he the backup in 2011?
1: He was his backup in 2011.
0: He was there. He was just the backup.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, but with that being said, though, I, I don't know. It's
0: 2011. They won. That's why we hate Tuka.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Anyway, um, sticking with Boston, Brian Mushren just got in some hot water again, mainly because of his history, too. He's still a dirty rat. He was just suspended six games for interference on uh, Tristan Jari and along with hitting him in the head with this stick. Um, he, originally, he was offered an in-person hearing, which automatically means he would get five games minimum. They bumped it up to six. What are, did, did you happen to see the play?
0: I did. I also saw okay. that he cut Jari earlier in the game was trying to give a puck to, uh, to a fan. And he just, yeah, hit it out, of his, out of his stick and then just I think put it, it, was, it back on the ice. He right, didn't really it was, give it to a fan or anything, but you just,
1: well, of, it was more so because the, the, the context behind that was. Jari was trying to give a Boston fan a puck, and Martian was like, "He slashed the the puck out, of, or off of Jari's stick because he didn't want a Penguins player giving a Boston fan a, a puck. Something stupid like that.
0: Who like, oh. are you gonna go over while your team's warming up and and stop there? Right, exactly. It's stop like, them from on. giving fans pucks who are at the at the glass table? Right.
1: Yeah. And, and, and the one thing I kind of when we put in the fans, like, oh, I thought that was hilarious. I'm like, like, who, like, why is it such a big people annoy me
0: <laughs> yep, yep 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 but I thought and it's very surprising that this well suspendable yes gets more than most and I know it's going to get you going than most bad hits to the head or illegal hits and stuff like that that get like two or three games by guys who have records some don't some do and they get like two or three games at most Yes, granite. Granite. He does have record this season, which is why he's probably six. But yeah. he is an asshole. He's just a known asshole. He's but always been a known you're asshole. You're telling me though. But I don't it, know it, what it, even made him just hit it, the goalie in the face. It, when, I, I don't understand.
1: So I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing: was I was watching it a couple times. Jari deck. Flint said something to Marshawn that he did not like. Like you could tell, like he was motioning towards him, or he he was doing something and said something to him that Marshawn clearly did not like, and that's what caused him to go up and just pop him in the face. You know, so he does
0: know he plays hockey, right? It doesn't matter what the first person says; they get the person who retaliates. Yeah, do a also? You've been in the lake for how many, how long? And not only that, that that's, that's usually his like, job. Yeah, that's usually your job. Your job is to get under someone's skin. And you let the goalie get under your skin to the point that you got kicked out of the game. And now you're suspended for six games because you didn't. Not only did he hit him, you came back and tapped him in the head, and then got him with the stick. And obviously, if you're going to go after the goalie, it's going to bring a crowd. So I don't, it, I don't it, it's just really dumb. It's not the first yeah. thing he's going to do, and it's not the last thing it's going to do. It's just him. Yeah. What about you, Jeffrey? What do you think about that sp- suspension?
1: I mean, it's 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 Brad Marchand. He deserves a sp- suspension for his stupidity on the ice, just as much probably off the ice. I don't think. It, it, what bugs me the most is. You could argue that it shouldn't be worth six games. Only reason why is because he has not only history, more importantly, his incident happened earlier in this regular season. That's why it's a big deal. It's also a big deal because he kind of, I looked at it again a few times. Yeah, You could say he swung his stick. It wasn't like the play a couple years ago with, Penguins, the uh, beginning of Malkin, where he turned around and, and basically did one yeah, of yeah, those, yeah. But basically a baseball, one hand baseball swing to the back of Mike Raffles' head. It wasn't one of those. It was a kind of a, a little jab. It was still a jab. He still got him in the face, but like it wasn't anything like what R- Malkin did Raffle a couple years ago. So I think you could really. I still don't love the play for Marshawn. But given everything, I, I initially was guessing that not only because he was offered in-person hearing, my guess was because of his history and everything, he was offered, he was possibly going to get seven games. Uh, he ended up getting six. So I was I was pretty close. But again, only because he's offered in-person. If it was not offered in-person, my guess would have been four or so. Maybe three. Three or four, I think that would have been fair. Um. Again, it, you could you could look at it either way. I'm trying, uh, but what annoys me the most, to be fair, to be honest, is I hate how a play like that, for especially for a repeat defender, is more game suspended than an absolute dirty hit where it's a clear shoulder to the head, clear board, clear like a huge open ice hit that's not even close to being legal and that's what bugs me most about this entire thing that NHL department player safety doesn't know how to properly hand out suspensions for something like that so they're setting the standard for plays like this to like seven, six games for something like this
0: it's, d- it's dumb but it's just, it's just who they are at this point um But turning it over a little bit, there was a firing today. Dave Tippett is no longer coaching the Edmonton Oilers. And now he gets replaced by... Give me a second, sorry. Giant Lord of the Rings fan, Jay Woodcroft. Yay, John. Oh.
1: Yay, Jay. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, uh, for those who don't know, including like myself earlier, Jay Woodcroft, uh, he was the Edmonton Oilers AHL head coach who uh-huh. didn't even know. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. all right. Okay. We'll see so how he does. I, I don't know anything about him. Like I said, I didn't even know I who he was, or in fact, he even existed. Um, so, there's that. So,
0: it was also a long time I, coming. and it,
1: it was, to be fair. And I don't think you can blame this on Dave Tippett, but I don't think his system is the greatest either. Not only that, you know what's really funny? It sounds like Edmonton is in the market for a goaltender. Hmm. Only I can have been telling you guys that the last three years now is that instead of signing Mike Smith to these one-year extensions every other year.
0: Hmm. That's
1: weird. Yeah, so Edmonton's a lost cause. Um, also, you had Dominic Ducharme out in Montreal. Uh, yes. Uh, so uh, the, the, yesterday, uh, today was with uh, Dave Tibbet. Yesterday was Ducharme who get this. Not only did he help coach the Montreal Canadiens last year to the Stanley a final, he got an extension.
0: Oh. And
1: then this last year, all this happened. And then this year he gets fired. So, and there's that. See, oh, I don't even get
0: better. that. I, yeah, I, I understand I the firing because your team's doing bad. But you, you went into the why? season knowing you were going had going to have a down year because you have so many key players not coming back.
1: Right. So that's so. So for Ducharme, I don't blame this at on him as much. Like, yeah, he's having a bad season. But like, you don't have the best goalie in the world right now. You don't have a menacing defenseman on the blue line. You also. Traded lost to free agency.
0: You traded away Emmy for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that
1: was a good one. Yeah. Oh, and by even, the way, the, the even guy
0: that he was, uh, oh,
1: yeah, Offersheet did. That's off-sheated. right. Oh, and then the guy that got in the offseason, Christian Dvorak, to replace Katsikanyemi, they're already, it sounds like, looking to get rid of him for whatever reason. I don't know why, but yeah. So, and, Again, and this is- I've
0: mentioned this many times yes. when we talked about Montreal too, is that I feel like they rushed things because of how the bubble went when yeah. and re- realistically, you were still rebuilding. you just got lucky because of how the playoffs and all that ended up being. Right now, you yeah. should probably be, if you don't do all that, probably about where the Red Wings are, the devil somewhere around there. That's realistically where you should be and where I've seen you. But you thought because you had so much cap room and because you were just there twice or once, but you did well in the playoffs, even though you lost, you played well, you thought, oh, we got money. Let's bring in these people. We can keep it going. You brought in guys, but I didn't think they were enough to move the needle any. I know some yeah. people thought it was big enough moves. were like, oh, this could be something. that You can now have something here. But to me, it just wasn't enough to really twist that. Or I like the in idea your favor, of Tyler especially Toffoli when get. your two biggest pieces are obviously older players, and pretty much key to why you pretty much got as far as you did. Yeah,
1: and, and I will say I, I like the idea of Tyler to in Montreal, but even he might apparently be on his way out. Like Montreal, Montreal's open for business. Then that's what the word on the street is. And if I'm a team looking to add a good quality player, I'm calling on there. You, you have a month and 18 days or so until the trade deadline. It's ridiculously late this year, but this is giving instead of just over two weeks, you have an entire month and a half until the deadline.
0: I know you have a so month and a half to giving,
1: throw rumors. Yeah. Can't wait. So, but if you're, if you're a team that knows you're going to need to add, some players, either offensively, defensively, Montreal's the team go-to because they don't know what they're doing with their team. And, yeah, they did replace Desharm with Marty St. Louis. That's a whole other thing. I love Marty St. Louis. I think he's an incredible player when he was playing everything. Coaching-wise, I know nothing about him coaching-wise. I'm sure he'll be a good coach at some point in his career. I just don't think now would have been the best time to make that move. Again, make him, even an AHL coach, just to get some coaching experience, like some pro experience under your belt. Don't throw him into the fire as an interim head coach for a failing Montreal Canadiens team right now.
0: I think they may be seeing it. I think there may be. I feel I have a feeling. I don't know if it's true, but I kind of like how the NFL always goes with younger coaches because they have a different mindset. I think because Rob Bernamore has done so well as a head coach and pockets had some success that they're going to try to bring guys who maybe had just come out to come and coach. And I think Marty St. Louis is kind of one of those coaches yeah. or one of those po- potentials or even Danny Briere because he's been rumored to potentially be coachings too. Yeah. He is now in a Dwight's true position with the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, which I guess we can probably get into next. Um,
1: um, yeah, we're we're getting there. I, I do want to think like final final thoughts for. Oh, actually, there's one other coaching thing I want to get to real quick. Oh, okay. But uh, for Marty Stanley, I don't think he's so not the best players do not make the best coaches. We've learned time, that no. with Wayne Gretzky. We've hmm. learned that with other coaches before in the past. Same thing with general managers. Just because you're a great player, or you, sorry, you were, does not mean you're going to make a great additions to the front office. We talked I'm about hoping, this in our
0: last podcast with uh, Bobby Clark,
1: right? I, exactly. I, I'm hoping that I'm wrong for my, Marty St. Louis's uh, case. I'm hoping that I'm wrong for for multiple people, uh, multiple people's cases, especially Danny Breyer in Philadelphia. It's not that I don't think he's bad. I, I'm just, I'm curious on where, because uh, now the only thing I will say about Breer and why I think he'll have more success than, success than others, he was the president of the main Mariners in the ECHL mm-hmm. for the writing roles um, farm team there, technically. Um, so that is one thing I'm excited for, is to see what Breer can do as a like, special assistant to the GM.
0: So, assistant to the GM or assistant GM, depending on who you're talking yes. to. Oh, cool. Assistant to the GM. Assistant GM. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the no, last so, coaching thing?
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you. Sorry. Um, I almost forgot. Uh, Craig Berube he got extended oh, yeah, three groups. years in St. Louis. Congrats to the Chiefs, St.
0: Louis, and St. Um, Louis.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, no, it, it's weird because for me, I, I heard rumors last two weeks or so. Someone's like, Oh yeah. Like the things don't bode well for the uh, Ruby on St. Louis. They might can. I'm like, he just won you your first ever cup in 2019. You're already talking about getting rid of the guy.
0: Well, I mean, well, and have Invenio- Got the Flyers past the first round since, in the first time since what, 2012, 2011, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. And they canned him earlier in the year. NHL coaching lives aren't well, really that long. There's a longer. difference
1: between getting past the first round for the first time in 10 years and winning the first ever cup in there is,
0: history. there is, but also it's the NHL. It's just what happens. Coaching, your yeah. coaching life, especially lately, is not long. It's not that long. It's only good until they are as good as a leash as they see uh value in you as soon as start, it starts to dwindle or you start to lose games or it feels like you're falling back the first person to go is always the coach yeah, even though sometimes it's not because of the coach like in montreal like we just it, said
1: it's, it's the quickest way to send a message yeah There you go. Um, All right. Well, moving on to, again, uh, Philadelphia. Uh, We're just getting ready to to make some friends, apparently. So, so much fun there. You want to get right to it? Because you look like you have a huge smile on your face. And I'm not going to lie. You wouldn't even tell me what this is about. So, I'm a little nervous on on where you're going with this. I have an idea.
0: I've got two things. I don't know. I've got two things. So... The first thing, and before I say this, I don't want people to attack me because of my take. Listen to my reasoning for my take before you cast judgment. Um, but because I was thinking about this the other day, and I could be completely wrong. This is a completely uh, I lost the word I was going to use. Damn it! <laughs> That's not going to help your argument. It's not. <laughs> it's a baseless ca- claim, essentially. So I have nothing to back me up on this. Obviously, I am in nowhere near the Flyers' locker room or near the team at all, or seeing them practice in Voorhees. I've never made that travel to see them practice. I've only seen, and uh, what I've seen on the ice. And this is just my personal kind of thinking. I think, and this is going to be potentially controversial, I think Konechny may be a little bit cancerous in the locker room. Let me explain. I don't think he's cancerous as, say, Evander Kane or Tony D'Angelo. It's not that. It's not like he's being an asshole to other people. I think because he's such a guy who plays with his emotions who talks shit a lot people uh just kind of feed off that i think when you're that kind of player and that young and like him i think it's kind of a double-edged sword like a couple years ago when he was more than likely in that pause he was going to hit 30 goals he only hit 24 which is the most he's hit and when you're doing well and your team's doing well you can talk shit and everything on the ice. You can do all this stuff to get people under your skin. And you can back it up because one, the bounce is growing away. You're getting your points and your team's doing well for you. And when you're doing that and when you're doing it so successfully, it kind of people feed off that. So when you're doing well, other people start doing well. Your line starts doing well. Then other people start doing well. You do get a big hit. You do whatever and that wasn't even that long ago that was just sadly 2 years ago at this point um right around this time when he was when jeff boldly predicted him to hit 40 goals
1: <laughs> hey hey you asked me for a bold prediction for me you got one and i know we did a countdown it. until
0: the we kept the countdown going until the i know
1: i'm I so mad
0: but fast forward it and the bubble, he didn't really produce, but I'm not going to put too much on him on that because you were away for a couple of months to automatically go into a playoff kind of scenario. It was going to be hard for anyone. But the shortened season last season and this season, he hasn't played that best. And I think, uh, I think something, some part of it also is the fact that obviously some of the bounces that may have been going his way, especially when you're losing, it feels like the bounces that you were going be before aren't going away currently. So for him, especially when he's not putting up the goals as he was now, right now he only has eight goals, which is the most he, is the least he's ever put up. Uh, except for last year, he put up 11 in shortened season. His rookie year put up 11. Uh, right now in 44 games...
1: Other than that, he's put up 24 each and every year. Yeah.
0: Right now he's got 26 points, and that's two points higher than his most goals 30. total, which is 24. So, And I think because of that and I don't think I don't think he's slashing out I don't think that I think maybe he has a key turnover or there's like something or he just misses it and a it goalie makes a spectacular save or he thinks it's about to go and it just doesn't go in and it get, just gets frustrated and I don't think it's one of those things where he's just tuning everyone I think kind of tuning on everyone out but in his own mind he's just kind of maybe in the locker room in between periods just kind of looking at the ground, like the thing that got away, kind of like it just to put it out in pr- perspective. Obviously, if you've, you, if anyone's ever played a sport out there and there was an easy chance to score a goal in empty net and he just missed it, you're like, God damn it. You're just like, God damn it. How'd that not go in? Or, you, or just if you're in school, you had a test and like you got a really easy answer wrong you knew what the answer was, but in that time, you just didn't know what it was. And then he got back. Like, I knew that. I knew that you just kind of in your own mind, you're like, I knew that you're just kind of, you don't right. even know what you're doing. You're just kind of uh, fidgeting you back and that, forth. Like, like, you're, you almost have like a little bit self doubt. You're doubting yourself a little bit. And I think that maybe easing a little, maybe feeding off a little bit there. Just maybe he's just showing a little bit more than he should of him being a little annoyed being a little sad again this is all completely baseless claims i could be completely wrong here but this is also consecutive years where the fires have struggled and he hasn't done connect esque his his connect me so i could be again i could be completely wrong there and whatever i'll also say this and i know that's just this thing is just shit talk and i'm sure Every game, he'll go into the same feel of, I'm going to shit, talk my way through this game. I'll do my usual stuff. Be, have a smile on my face, kind of laugh around, goof around, maybe hit some people, do whatever, do his connect yourself. But it's one of those... And I think I've seen Charlie say it a couple of times too when there's been a bad loss. There's been one goal or one moment where like, shit, here it goes again. And then the avalanche happens. And I feel like that may be where connecting maybe some other younger players are kind of out at the moment. Now I don't, and not saying that guys who play with their emotions that much or cancerous players in particular, I just think they need to be able to hone it a little better. Like Drew, is a perfect example of that. He'll forever go down as one of the best flyers to ever, one of the best players to ever don a flyers Jersey. He just is whether you p- agree with that now or not. He just is. And he mo- many times in his career, his best games are when he's, the most pissed when he's taking all his frustration out on a slapper or doing that. Or he's like, fuck it. I'm going to take the rain. I'm going to do whatever it needs to be done to get the job done. So there's just that kind of thing. I think some guys like connect me may need to battle with. So maybe cancer might not be the best word, but that's just kind of the word I'm using right now. It's like cancer, but I could be completely wrong.
1: It's honestly very interesting. So honestly, that, that was, that was a, great tangent right i had there. to i, I had I, to go I on a
0: tangent it. but i had to explain it because i didn't want people no to go, I, I like oh, it he though. thinks cancer is cancerous it, it you're it comparing was great, him to tony d'angelo it, it was and it was a great tangent. Kane. so i had to kind of explain here's, a little bit, here's so. my
1: side of that okay. so one i don't think you're gonna get that many disapproving comments to be honest i've seen a lot on social media especially twitter for sure where- i meant
0: more so from the connecty fans the people that's talking. okay, that, that,
1: that, that's right. That's right. Flyers fans in general, I've seen over the last few months saying, Get rid of TK, he sucks. This and that. I don't think, I, I again, he's 24 years old. This is his second consecutive season where, for a guy who you would ideally want not only in your top nine, but probably in your top six, he's not putting up numbers even close to what top six guys should have 34 points last year, 50 games.
0: Okay, in but a the full season,
1: stuff. that's full season. That's not bad at all. It's the goal mark that's killing yeah. you because how do you go from three consecutive seasons of twenty four goals to just eleven? Yeah. Now, I obviously, get it, you have he,
0: to throw out the factor of COVID, shortened seasons, and all this, and yeah, how that affects it, them. I think, and I think this is also kind of going to annoy people because of if I'm going to compare it to, I think it's kind of a Ben Simmons kind of thing, where he's just in his head too much.
1: Mm, I wouldn't put it that far.
0: You don't think it's the, mental no, kind of thing? No,
1: no, 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 no. Because Ben Simmons hasn't even
0: played a game this year.
1: Connect me. He's. No, even I meant more so him
0: is, like doubting himself or doing okay, okay, that. Just okay. I, that's not saying. that. Okay, okay, those are similar you things. I'm just say, saying like, him. On. It's a mental yeah. kind of thing that okay. can so go m- battling men- him,
1: mentally. Mentally wise, I I think you know there's no secret. Uh, even in his junior days, Connecti plays with a lot of emotion in his game. That's what makes him such a great player on his end with his skill set. But he definitely gets too carried away with it at times. I, I've been, you know, especially since the day when they when they drafted him, I have been a huge fan of his, and I think he is a tremendous asset to the Flyers team right now. I don't know what the solution with him is going forward. I don't know if they need to just get this right now. I don't even know if he's playing on, um, I, I, I got to look it up, um, just to confirm, like, where he's been playing lately because it, it's been I feel like it's been all the place for the Flyers anyway but
0: um, I think because of injuries he's probably still in the top six right I mean honestly just you
1: know maybe do the, the little things where it's like cut down some ice time until he starts proving you know himself now I don't understand how he goes from playing someone like dave haxell for a bit and he puts up 24 goals to then a combined mix of scott cordon and then you get elaine Vignal. so you get a couple different coaches there um and different styles so right now he's on the t- top six jvr and scott one i don't think that's a bad line but depending on what you want to, this season is lost there's no doubt about it but it it might not hurt to bump in down the third line. Just kind of send a bit of a message. At the same time, in Mike Yo's system, it's it's. I don't think it's all for connecting. You kind of need that offensive mindset to think like an offensive kind of player who's like a, a exploding M eighty, you know, and M dynamite stick here right now and everything. And and uh, who, who knows? No, I'm not saying John Torreira because him and T K would have a horrible relationship to that right now. Um, but I I think that for TK though it's I, I
0: don't think, think that's actually to,
1: sorry yeah
0: not to cut you off but I actually think that could be key if say the special you know job that Danny Breer got and he's with and the room or around the young guys I think because he's been in that scenario many times or whatever as a player or whoever. I think he could talk to guys like Morgan Frost or Konechny and just right. maybe talk to them through and, and what Rear, they're going through and maybe in just in kind his of. his
1: introductory press conference the other days is, is with this new summit. He mentioned some of the younger guys, including Morgan Frost. And and I think he's going to play a big role in his development along with, with them, Tyson Forster. Um, they mentioned, he mentioned their development and just like how important it is for them to get ice time and everything and just get them back on the ice. Um, I think you could, and what's nice is switching things up by having someone like Breer with this nice, calming presence. Good to TK, who's again just this fireball of a presence there, and his mindset, and energy, and saying like, "Hey, like, take it from me, a former goal scorer, sniper. Just, just did it. Once he started doing the little things." Mm-hmm. Everything else is going to come to you. I think Again, and I've been he's saying definitely gripping his stick too tight. He is 100 oh, gripping stick too tight. So this season doesn't help at all. But I think that come next year, they're going to have a new head coach. So 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 just work on the little things right now for TK. And I would say give him one more legitimate full season, a chance because no none of these guys have had you know especially him he hasn't had a full season the last couple of years now, but. Give him a, one whole full season with an actual head coach where he can learn the whole system again. Because yeah. these guys in the locker room, they've been learning new systems in and out every other two years, it mm-hmm. seems like, and it, it's a lot on players. So it's it's it it, it's because you know they could be completely different mindsets, and who who knows? We're back to partially I was, I, square one again.
0: So, I'm still in that mindset that someone just has to say to connect me. Because we have very few snipers. I know because there's a bunch of times where he's on a two-on-one or it has got a great opportunity to shoot, he'll That's pass it. it. He's got to start getting into that sniper kind of mentality of just shoot it. Just shoot it. Just be selfish. Selfish. Just for a second. Right. Like, obviously, you don't want to say you're a selfish player, but in certain scenarios, you have to shoot it. You got to take it in yourself. And I think there's times where he does that one too many times. Maybe maybe passes or maybe shoot. But those are little things. I think Kineke can be a great player, and he is a great player. Uh, it's just little things like that. Now, going to my second point, <laughs> completely different. But I'm kind of tired of the... I think a lot of people are on the same same thing. Tired of the good shit, good shit. Oh hope, oh fuck, we suck now. I'm I'm tired of it. So (laughs) when we go,
1: you are preaching into the the next couple
0: seasons. Either go because Mitch and I were talking about this the other day when he came back for when my sister was uh, came back home, and I'm kind of on the same blanket as either go full rebuild or go all in. And if you're gonna go all in, this might be what I would do. So this is just. I'm saying this will happen. I think this is a potential, maybe best case scenario, but a good thing that could help the Flyers. Yes, question, Jeffrey.
1: Here is my issue with that. This won't be any part. You won't even see the term rebuild and Philadelphia Flyers in the same sentence unless the Philadelphia Flyers will not rebuild as long as Dave Scott is here. That's not his style. I understand where he's coming from, but This team needs an actual legitimate three to five plus year rebuild. It's going to take some time, but knowing him and knowing Comcast, they don't want to hear the word rebuild. They don't have the patience for a rebuild. That's how greedy they are. If they want a true competitive hockey team, I get it. Philadelphia fans are dying for a Stanley Cup, but in order to be truly successful in this league, you're going to have to learn to adapt. You can't always have this win now mentality. you got to accept the terms and your fate when you have a hockey team that cannot produce on the ice properly and say, hey, by this time, it's time to accept our fate. Just start getting assets to get prospects, get draft picks and go from there. I get what they are doing. I hate what they're doing. But it, the, the right move is starting with Briere chuck Fletcher probably won't be here much longer but none of this is going to matter if comcast still owns the team and as long as dave scott is still here because dave scott doesn't know hockey puck to a freaking you know a, a face off he doesn't know squat about hockey he's just a face and he's just a body here for this home group team so the sooner
0: he's better the He's also just kind of paying the bills. so he has nothing really right, exactly. to do with he doesn't not, know that much he, of hockey operations. He might right. bring in his own input, but in terms of and how much even, money he wants to spend he, and all that. He doesn't
1: that. know what he's talking about. So right. the sooner he's gone, the better. The sooner Comcast gets rid of team, the better. They need to sell the team in general, let someone else buy it and get new ownership from head to toe. Nah, but I it. we'll see what, also, what I don't think like. And it's, that it's, could be it's, wrong. It's it's, a, it's the culture in general, from head to toe. It's it's awful. They, they don't even know NBC Sports Philadelphia. Their workers, there, the Flyers organization, they don't know. Like, how do you go on and mis- they misspelled Isaac Ratcliffe's name as a third star because he scored his first career entry ball the other night. They have misspelled people's names left and right before. They there's so many examples on how little. Attention to detail, actually care and pay attention. That's
0: more actual Flyers team itself. I don't, but still, in general, you get my point. I get your point. I get what you're saying, but also, and I could be wrong here. I don't think Ed Snyder really loved a great rebuild either.
1: No, he didn't. But I think, but again, it's it's the days of the win now mentality should be over. It's time to accept the fact that they need a rebuild along with other teams. It's okay to have a rebuild. If you do, it's either you're a contender, you're having a rebuild, or you're just stuck in limbo. And that's where the Flyers are.
0: You are stuck in limbo. You're stuck in limbo. I'm going to have fun for a second, Jeffrey. It may te- piss some people off, but we'll get some good pieces too. So I think because. I don't know if I can set through another rebuild or a rebuild because wow, that's going to be some boring hockey. Sorry, it just is to me. You're not wrong
1: though. You're not. It's going to be boring, but by the end of the day, it will be. It will be
0: boring, but the reason why they want them to be competitive is obviously it's entertainment. You want to sell tickets. You want to be able to have people to come and see your game. Well, now that the Sixers games. have
1: James Harden, well, that's that's Wells Fargo Center. That's they're
0: they're wrecking it on that. But for the Flyers' sake, they would like people to be able to come in and enjoy and actually not be pissed off, which uh, unfortunately is the case of just having a long season. If this was the Eagles, have no issue because the Eagles got defeated. Everyone was still so, so out. But, anyways, I think, and for funsies, if the Flyers do go this way, and I think they probably will, not this way that i'm thinking but in a version of it i think they will actually try to spend money and actually get some a top end talent or whatever they're saying in all this what i would do is and one thing i and mitch actually brought this great point up because they mentioned in the press conference that injuries and injury bug is a, and even danny Breyer said in his thing is injury bug and everything was the reason why the fires are struggling which that is the case, but Mitch made a great point that the Flyers are kind of hurt a lot. Yeah. Like obviously there was a little span where Katuri wasn't hurt, which ended up him getting the sulky and everything, and him being a better player. But even at the beginning of his career, he's been injury prone and lately he's been injury prone. Hayes now's starting to get hurt. Lawton and JVR every once in a while get in some kind of injury bug. Obviously, there's bumps and bruises just because you play hockey for 82 games a year for half a season, nope. like half a year, so it's just going to happen. But I feel like it happens a lot to the Flyers where there's not really a good like backup kind of thing or someone to take that step, which is what you're seeing now when you didn't get a third center. But I would. <clears throat> Sorry, Ivan. Trade Ivan for Elias Pettersson. If we can make that work somehow. Throw him in Here's there. Here's the thing,
1: though. So, so in the past, where Jim Benning was the Vancouver Canucks GM, that trade could happen. Your Jim Rutherford, could that still happen?
0: I think it could. They're also, also their contracts aren't that different. Pro Probably said well, six hundred five. But, so 5, you're essentially
1: if you're looking at but uh, sorry,
0: go, on. go go, go,
1: So so if you're looking at Ivan Pro Rob right now, he is extended so his contract uh expires 2024, 2025, 6.75 mil cap hit and un memento, por favor, as I need to bring Elias up. Elias
0: 20, 2024-25. He's an RFA by
1: 7.35. So a little bit higher, but looking at...
0: He's also so, only 23. Right.
1: right. So if you if you take Elias Patterson and put him on Philadelphia, automatically, the best center next to you, trunk, sorry, as I don't expect you to be here after the deadline. He won't, and be, but if you take Peru and give him to Vancouver, in this case, you put pr- that, ooh, that would be a huge boost for so. The, yeah, the only thing I actually the think
0: only that could, be, I think that could actually potentially benefit both parties, kind of like this here trade.
1: Here's, here's the only issue I have right now with why it wouldn't work. Um. The connects they have Bo Horvat right now as a the center. They JT Miller is a left wing and center. They're gonna most likely lose JT Miller. Um they have Jason Dickinson, Justin Dowling, Yuhu Lumiko. Um but
0: now this was also before Jim.
1: They're losing Ra- they would lose a huge piece in a center.
0: Yeah, it would, would be a
1: big upgrade on defense, but they were losing a
0: huge piece on the center. They would, but I don't think they've completely at least before Jim Arthurford didn't completely rule out a potential of trading him away. Never was ruled it out. That's the only reason why I'm throwing his name out there. But if you do that, you could do two things. You can you can still do your rebuild because he's only 23 and you have your number one center that you can start rebuilding around. It'll it can actually or it can actually keep you a couple years from doing it because.
1: Another another idea. Kutz is in his thirties now, now. Now that you got me thinking, what if you kind of did a swap of Swapping. Provorov and Konechny for that's, not only that's not only Elias Petterson, someone like Brock Besser, in the same at, deal.
0: Yeah, and he's throwing a couple picks in there. So
1: TK and Proverov and picks for Besser and Pettersson.
0: I think that works perfectly. And what I would then do is cap dump JVR, get $7 million back. Big time
1: cap dump there.
0: Maybe to Arizona, whoever. At the deadline, obviously, we going to trade away Martin Jones, probably to Edmonton. They Martin to Jones
1: apparently, uh, a team had reached out, according to rumors, and offered the Flyers a fifth round pick for Martin Jones. And apparently, Done. the Flyers said no.
0: Oh. No. Okay.
1: Well, it, it would have shed $2 million Dollars in cap, yeah. But, but we'll see.
0: I don't think Risto would be here. I think he's also gone. That's where he can get some assets back. I think if Risto, the line him, is
1: going to go somewhere like Toronto. They
0: could. they he need some assets a big back like him. So, but I then I think just because he did just lose a key defender, you do have a Ellis Ryan Ellis. I would then I'd then completely make him come down a little bit from his asking price. But I would. Maybe see if John Klingberg wants to come over.
1: He he does want to trade.
0: So, or even if you wait to the offseason, you cannot wait. Right. <laughs> Again, if you sure. can come down a lot from his, you know, asking price. Because
1: yeah. um, he wants a lot
0: of money. He does. But getting them and doing this, then he can get Johnny Hockey. It may need to be on a hopefully hometown deal. I would give him. But let's say that's in a hometown, hometown feel, or he does take that. And even if you don't add Bo Horvat into that, and then and you just have Proverov and him go over, you still could potentially keep connecting, or you could trade him for more
1: pieces or whatever. So Gajero's already making would, 6.75 mil right now. FYI. He's also a free agent at the end of the year. Right. But at the same time, would he... Get more than 6.75 mil.
0: You could just give, you could potentially get the JVR deal. That's why I would do the cap that comes. Half of it could go to Klingberg, half fifth. of it could go to uh, Goudreau. Goudreau. Plus, you won't have to worry about signing Rissalina, which would also be a big deal.
1: Plus, uh, ideally, you would get rid of him to give you money. If you get rid and of then, Drew, gives a lot At you the loan, deadline, he like can get there. rid of
0: Drew, and then he can bring Drew right back. But a cheaper deal and then if you do that
1: get rid of brawn 1.8 mil there there.
0: yeah you could do that but i'm just saying once you get towards the depth of it i would just make sure you have a because you could obviously do if you say you got klingberg and ellis as your first pair you got you could easily do sanheim york second pair but if you don't want to do that i would try to get a Complementary second pair defenseman in case Ellis gets hurt or has injury issues, who's able to do, do first line. But if even if you do that, the Flyers are looking a lot better as a team because you can yeah. either it
1: on where they end up in the draft.
0: Yeah, because Coots and Pedersen could split time first line. And if Coots has injury issues like he has the last two seasons, you don't worry that much because first pair, first line center. Perfect. There it is. And your top six could look like this. Coots. Faraby, Atkinson, Johnny Hockey, Elias Peterson, Joel Farabee. Did I say Giroux?
1: No, you didn't say well, first of all, you said Farabee on the first line anyway, so
0: I was saying top six. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
1: Yeah, I but you did not say all Giroux. those
0: pieces. Top six and Hayes goes to your third line center. Yeah, Lawton can then Lawton, and you can bring Broussard back too if you want him. Maybe have them on wing or center. Then he can have Frost. I know no one's for like and like that, but maybe have Frost as your fourth line center for a little bit. I mean, if you but if him you the do right that, because then you can, with, you can have him with you can have him with You can have him have him with Isaac Radcliffe. you can have him with Wade Allison. There's a lot of options. Eventually,
1: Z Wisdom or just sure, sure. Sure. Exactly. Canada Lazinski.
0: Again, this is just the best case scenario if the Flyers went this way, in my kind of thinking of it. Little moves that can maybe push them towards the right direction. More so big moves, but yes. Big moves, but little, uh, kind of like the last offseason. Little moves, but kind of like, like oh, big impacts. Yes, exactly. There you go. But Perfect. even then, like I was saying, because you could easily, easily, even if you just trade, Provarov and Konecki, let's say for Pedersen, some picks or whatever. Again, if you go the opposite way of that and you do the rebuild, he's 23 years old. He's, he's already got a couple years in. He's already established as a number one center. Is he any different than if you draft someone first overall? Probably not, but it makes your job a little easier because it'll be easier to build around because Kutz is in his third is going to be in his 30s soon. If he's not already, yeah, he's 29. He's about to be in his 30s. Lawton is in his late 20s. None of your centers outside of Frost or um, hmm. uh, Frost, Forster, maybe he said Wisdom, obviously, and Ruopstoff are your young centers. And Rupstaff at this point may be fourth-line center at best. You don't really know That's what you fine. got out of Forster... Or wisdom yet. So to me, I think that would be because it can jumpstart it you. Work. Plus, I think it's a plus act for Pedersen because not that Vancouver isn't a bad city to play in because it's Vancouver, it's very hockey centric. It's Canada, everything. Your name will become bigger because you're playing in Philadelphia and you get people into the stadium.
1: Yeah. That, that's the way to play
0: Because. You'll, because Elias Patterson is a fun player to watch, he really is. So people would just want to come to watch for the same reasons why people want to watch Connor McDavid or any other star player before, is because of what he can do on the ice. Exactly, and that's why I made that deal. And At the then end can, of the day, yeah, the Flyers, Philadelphia, eventually those
1: would get the player that their scouts originally wanted exactly. back in 2017.
0: Exactly, win, 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 win. I again. I think that, that at the, again, this is just funsies, but I can see them going in a similar route. Maybe it's just Johnny Hockey or yeah. something like that, or maybe a cat dump of JVR. Fin- but,
1: final question for you for the podcast yo. Will closure get traded at the deadline? If so, where is he going?
0: I just assume because I keep being rumored. probably Colorado, if he does.
1: Um, I think it, he, the, the question is yes or no. What do you think? Is he getting traded?
0: Yes, I think he is. The only reason why I hesitate a little bit is because I think it depends on the team. Like I think he, he obviously has less say. So yes. if the so if he feels he wants to die on this sticking chip, he's gonna wanna stay. Um, but if he wants to go for it, Vancouver or not Vancouver, Colorado is probably the best best bet for him.
1: No, I agree. Um, I, I definitely think Colorado, and that doesn't mean he can't
0: come back and we want to welcome him back. It's just exactly. at that point, and that's why it makes it better to get Drew back in my scenario, because he'd I be in know. a cheaper deal.
1: Um, what I will say though is yes, I think he's getting traded. There's two teams I have in mind that he could get traded to. Absolutely Colorado, because they have the most assets, and that's realistically the best place to win besides Vegas because Vegas is already dealing with how mm-hmm. they can welcome back Jack Eichel from IR and figure out that cap kind of dump. So they're not doing much. The only, the only moves I expect from them leading up to Eichel's return is, for Vegas that is, is getting rid of Cap to make room for him. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they're not doing anything. So it's only Jeremy Colorado. The only other team I would see, this one's a bit of a wild card. I don't know if he would actually accept a trade to there or not? It could be interesting. But the Minnesota Wild, they have some interesting assets there. They're, in my opinion, another team that kind of needs a player because they have some good players, but they need a player like a Giroux that can really move the needle for them and say, "Hey, we Because right now they're yeah they're nine points behind Colorado, but they're one point behind the Predators. In second place for the In the Central 28-11-3 They're 8-1-1 in their last 10 So they're doing well It's not like they're on I don't know They took the Vegas Golden Knights seven games last year In the first round They get a player like Giroux They have the assets to give up In order to make this happen
0: they do it so twice, I think though.
1: they're another team to I'm not saying I don't know anything I'm just saying in the back of my head, something tells me Minnesota could possibly be a, a destination for Giroux.
0: I could see it, but I feel like he's only saying yes if it means he's got a almost guaranteed chance of getting the cup. Otherwise, I think he stays. That's my right. kind of thinking of that. Well, no, think Which again makes sense.
1: It's, it's either if he gets traded, it's because he wants to win the cup. If he doesn't because he wants to stay in Philly for his career. Yeah. Which so. I'm
0: completely okay with too if he does that.
1: At this point, I think with I speak for all Flyers fans, I mean, same thing with you, it's go get a cup, G. Yeah, You've earned it.
0: Yeah, go get a cup, come back to us in the summer with maybe a less expensive contract.
1: Same thing with Johnny Hockey.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think with that, that's where we're going to end our Chronicles of the Depressing Flyers episode. Um With that, uh I guess we'll see you next week for our next Underachievers. Also, head had a no, uh, little note on that. I don't believe we're going to have Brian on that one, so probably not. Too. So fine with me. Until then, also we do have something. We actually have something planned for that one too. So keep a, keep an eye on that out on that Under Undertakers podcast for next week. Until next time, we talk hockey. Whenever that is, we'll see you.